Hello and welcome to the Faculty Podcast, covering the latest breakthroughs, research, news and insight delivered by the world's leading academic and industry figures. My broader interest is in creativity and and the factors and processes that affect creativity. In this particular paper, we were looking at the relationship between creativity and attention, but also then the relationship uh, between valence and arousal. Uh, I mean, there have been studies in the past looking at um, is there a particular state that people enter when when they're they're undertaking creative creative work and and the state of creativity. And there's a famous professor called Professor Chisent Mihai that um, suggests that people enter a sort of flow state during creativity, which he associated with high levels of concentration and and positive effect, and where the effect is... um, has factors related to valence, which is sort of from pleasure to displeasure, related to sort of arousal, which is related to engagement or disengagement, and also related to sort of motivational intensity. So that, but that work tended to be more qualitative research. So I was interested to look, could we find that information um, physiologically and record that physiologically? So this is sort of the, the, the context for the study. Uh, and I'd previously done a study uh, in a similar way where I'd looked at the relationship between creativity or an aspect of creativity called diversion thinking and attention. And that uh, results have suggested there was a correlation between the physiological state uh, of a, of a creativity, uh, creative act versus a non-creative act. Um, one of the common methods used to sort of look at a sort of psychophysiological state in, with non-invasive sort of means is using heart rate variability. And heart rate variability is the sort of beat-to-beat variation in heart rate. And you can also determine it from the variation of sort of consecutive pulse cycles. And so it's interesting, and I had in the past used heart rate variability as this, as this measure of, um, uh, sort of a, a, a marker of a psychophysiological state in a lot of research and many people have, have looked into that and, and, and found evidence for its, for its benefit. So, so the study started out really looking at this relationship in creativity um, and attention, but also valence and arousal because of this, this key factor that it's, the previous research suggests the creative state is not just about attention, but about this idea of effect which links to valence and arousal. In terms of the, the sort of methods used and the, and the structure of the study, we set it up using uh, a watch that uh, can be used to record uh, pulse intervals. Um, that might be an unusual thing to do, um, but the motivation for using a watch rather than um, recording ECG directly is it's much easier to use in a practical sense and could but therefore have more wide-ranging applications. Um, the downside of using that is that the accuracy of the data is much lower than ECG. So the first part of the sort of pilot study of the project was to look at the differences in the data you collect uh, in terms of heart rate variability from a, a watch versus more accurate recording. In this case, was the pulse from the from the ear. And what I found was that uh, you. you see a significant drop in the quality of data. One of, the, one of the most common ways to analyze heart rate variability is to look at the frequency response, so in terms of the power spectrum. And in that pilot study, I, I did find, as expected, that there was a significant drop in the amount of data, certainly in, in the sort of mid to high frequency 
content of the heart rate variability from the watch versus the um, um, device connected to the ear. So um, even though I was starting at a point where I was working with poorer quality data to analyze this, I felt that was important because I wanted to um, see if this could be used in a more broader um, uh, ways in the future. So that was the starting point in terms of the, of the devices used. Uh, in terms of the structure of the test, um, I asked, but we, we got 22 participants involved, and we asked them to do three activities. Um, uh, and, and in this order, the first activity was a, was a two-minute task uh, where they had to um, um, perform what's called a Stroop, Stroop test. It's a sort of well-known test um, where you get words and colors mixed and you have to distinguish between um, what, um, color and, and text and give the appropriate answer. And it, and it requires high level attention to do that, but it's sort of well known as a, it's a quite stressful task. Um, the second task that I asked them to do was to purely relax, to close their eyes and relax. And the third task I asked them to do was to draw, drawing being a sort of creative activity. And uh, particularly uh, relevant as classed as a creative activity as the 22 participants were from art and design school. So they're naturally confident in drawing and uh, enjoy drawing, uh, which are sort of attributes associated with creativity. And drawing is recognized as sort of classic creative activity because um, some of the key elements is that's developing things that are new, that are novel, um, ideally valuable, um, but this, this flow state is also associated with this, this idea is that you have uh, feedback from your actions, there's no worry of failure, these types of attributes associated with that flow state. So the reason I chose the drawing activity was complemented and was aligned with that sort of key attributes of getting into that flow state. So, so this was the structure of the test using this watch rather than the, the ear monitor. Um, so I had 22 um, participants, equally male and female, and uh, they had to um, do some baseline data before we started the test, but each of the tasks was two minutes long. Um, and uh, we recorded the heart rate variability data for each of those three tasks for each individual, um, and also their heart rate data itself. And at the end of each task, we asked them also questions qualitatively, how they felt uh, in terms of their levels of attention, relaxation, and enjoyment for each of the three tasks. So the main findings uh, from the study was that um, there was a significant difference in the heart rates uh, between the, the three activities, the Stroop test, the relaxation uh, task, and the drawing task. Um, the other key difference was there were significant differences in the heart rate variability measures within the, the power spectrum uh, between the um, relaxation task and the other two tasks, the creative the drawing task and the, and the Stroop test. Uh, the Stroop test and the drawing test had similar heart rate variability uh, scores in terms of the uh, power spectrum, which is one of the measures you can use to look at the differences. And... Um, for power spectrum levels in the low frequency range, um, when those values are very low, that's associated with high levels of attention. Um, if, there's a, if there's low levels of attention, that's a, um, not, not a marker. Um, for the higher frequency range in the power spectrum, it's associated if, the, if 
with more levels of relaxation. So if there's lower levels of um, power in the um, high frequency range, then that's associated often with um, not being so relaxed. There were significant differences, as I say, in heart rate between the three, the three um, activities. Um, there were not significant differences between the Stroop test and the, and the drawing task in, in terms of the um, power spectrum of the heart rate variability, but, all, but both different to the relaxation tasks. When I then compared that also with the qualitative responses of the, um, of the participants, um, there was a close alignment between what they said and what the physiological data um, results showed. So um, there was generally comments that there was very high levels of attention for uh, the people doing the Stroop test, high levels of attention for the drawing activity, and low levels of attention for the relaxation activity. Um, Unsurprisingly, for the relaxation activity, there was a high responses in, in, in being relaxed and, and being enjoyable. Um, in the Stroop test, there was uh, the opposite in the sense that it was quite a stressful task. In fact, people record, some people record it as highly stressful task. Uh, with the uh, drawing uh, result, um, it was actually regarded as, 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 as quite, quite enjoyable and quite relaxing. Um, not to the same level as the relaxation task. So combination of that heart rate data and the heart rate variability data with the qualitative data suggests that um, attention is an important factor in creativity, but um, this area of valence, this sort of pleasure and en enjoyment uh, and relaxation was also slightly different from the um, Stroop test because there was lower heart rate, uh, significantly lower heart rate levels between the creativity task and the, and the Stroop test, uh, but also a strong comments qualitatively to, to support that. So I think one of the major conclusions from the study um, is it provided more validation uh, from what other researchers and my own research had found up to now was that uh, people seem to enter state, um, a, a particular psychophysiological state during the creative uh, task such as drawing uh, linked to this idea of this flow state being associated with attention and uh, positive effect and I think that's that's important because when you look at the differences between that that state um, in terms of the creative act versus the state that we got in the Stroop test even though there were similarities in attention there were other differences and I think this is important because creativity uh, requires you to come up uh, to solve maybe quite difficult problems to come up with new ideas of value that have not been done before. Um, the problems when attention is high but stress levels are high, attention narrows, and this is not a conducive state to be coming up with more novel ideas. So having a high level of attention but a more broader sense of attention associated with positive effect is a key state for creativity. So I think the important sort of um, points that come out from this study and, and, and aligns with other research is that uh, to be in a creative state uh, requires high level of attention but also a positive um, valence and, 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 and arousal actually it's not about being purely relaxed which often sometimes people do think creativity is associated with actually the heart rate slightly goes up because uh, they're engaged but in a, in a with a positive emotional uh, aspect to that so that's 
an important distinction. And the consequence of that is you're in a more open, attentive state rather than a narrow, attentive state. And that's more conducive to creativity. And then I think this has consequence, more broader consequences then for um, my broader interest, which is um, how do we encourage people to be more creative in the work context or in learning contexts and recognizing that your state um, has an impact on your creative performance. So therefore, it has an effect on how you, uh, where you are, um, being aware of your own state and getting yourself in an environment and a state that allows you to be in that, in that creative flow. <laughs>